We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on uh, another late night here in uh, central Illinois. Hope everyone's doing well throughout the country. Um, Just getting closer and closer to the college football season. Um, Less than seven Saturdays now, uh, less than 50 days um, till the college football season begins with week zero on August 27th. I will be going to, I have that one set in stone. I'll be going to the University of Illinois, just a little bit of hour south from where I'm at to see the Wyoming Cowboys take on the Illinois Fighting Illini. So I'm super, super excited for that. A great opportunity to get back on the stadium carousel, getting to everywhere that I want to get to. Illinois is a place that I've been to countless times for college basketball games. Um, I mean, diehard Michigan basketball fan. Been to many Michigan-Illinois games in Champaign. Also, I've went and seen other games where they've played some of my friends on different teams and stuff. So, But nonetheless, just a little, little tidbit there, just getting excited for that opportunity coming up. Um, in this week's episode, again, uh, last week I didn't do my own segment because I had two great interviews lined up, so I was super excited about that. wanted to get those out to you. Hope you guys enjoyed my interview with recent UConn commitment Cam Chad Chadwick. Um, we discussed some uh, interesting things on there. <clears throat> One of them I will get into talking more in this episode here with... Uh, with UConn potentially moving to the ACC and everything that could go on there. Also, uh, my interview with the play-by-play voice of the Coastal Carolina, Shauna Clears, Joe Cashin. I I could have done that episode for hours and hours. Uh, Everybody who listens to me frequently knows how much I love the Coastal Carolina, Shauna Clears, and that, that was just right up my alley. And, I've created a friendship with that now, so that's going to be a lot of fun going forward there. But let's get into this episode. Like, So I, I have some great questions that I was asked by uh, some of my loyal listeners. Really excited to dive into those. Um, then I want to look into, like I said, the UConn ACC talk. UMass uh, just landed a four-star commitment um, just last week. Pretty crazy uh, um situation going on there UMass is killing it recruiting wise I mean uh, they got that four-star commitment then a couple days I think it was just today or yesterday they got a three-star from this three-star teammate of his so pretty amazing stuff going on there Um, then I got to talk about the uh, the real McCall Grayson McCall releasing um, his own uh, basically promoting um, himself and everything going on for McCall for the Heisman um, I will be lead, helping lead the charge in that, that's for sure. Um, definitely want to discuss the Pac-12 and some uh, interesting 
things coming out today um, that I've learned uh, as well as I have to take time to talk about Michigan football and uh, my loyal listeners also know that I do not miss an opportunity to uh, to uh, hit on Jim Harbaugh and uh, how much I uh, disagree with what he's doing <laughs> nonetheless let's uh I first want to dive into some of the great questions I got. I will, I will, I'll do that first. Um, what's the biggest disadvantage of realignment and conference expansion? Um, well, my first initial thought is that is where do I start? I mean, there, there's so many different ways to go about this because you can look at it from um, the coaching perspective. If I'm looking at it from a coaching perspective, I think the biggest disadvantage has to be. Uh, the culture shift that occurs when it comes to this. And what I mean by that is it, it, it has to hurt your culture because you, you now take this, you now take this path of, of saying we're aligned with these teams. We're going to break away and kind of do our own thing on this uh, in a different league. Um, I, I, I think so many so many conferences have their own identity, have their own cultural identity. Obviously, teams within those conferences have their own culture. Um, but I, I really feel like, like obviously, the Big Ten has a different persona than, say, the Pac-12. So, I mean, USC and UCLA are going to kind of have to adjust in that in that regard, and they're going to kind of have to change their culture a little bit to do that. So I, I think that's the biggest, from a coaching perspective, the biggest disadvantage that I see. Now, obviously there's so many things that come out of it, but when, when I'm looking at it as a the biggest disadvantage of realignment, I, I think the number one thing you have to think of is from the fans' perspective. I think you look at this and there's going to be so many rivalries that are broken and taken away, like... Uh, we we've seen with Oregon and Washington in the Pac-12 and the talks there, and how Oregon State and Washington State have basically filed lawsuits against it in, in state courts and trying to make it where where uh, those teams can't move. And, and, and I think like just breaking away from those rivalries is, is just a killer for the fans. I mean. For, for the states that those rivalries are in, if it's an in-state rivalry, it just means so much to that state. And just for those fan bases, I, I, it, it just I, it, I just don't like that aspect of it. Um, so like I said, I think you got to look at it. I can, I'll look at it from a coach's perspective because I understand that a little bit more being a coach former coach myself but then I also got to look at it from the fans perspective too and there's just there's a lot I think those are the two main disadvantages I look at um, and see as uh, as issues there uh, most here's another one the most overrated team heading into the season I think it's the same team every single year and and I'm, I'm trying I don't want to be like facetious when I say this but like every single year Texas is like People are always saying, oh, Texas is back, Texas is back, but they always are like five and seven. So I'm not going to believe the hype on Texas until they perform to the level that they say that they can perform at or will perform at. I'm not sold on Texas at all this year. Quinn Ewers throwing mechanics are awful. And I mean, Bijan Robinson is unbelievable, 
but they, they, they have way too many holes in my opinion um, to to vault themselves up into like the upper I don't even think they'll be an upper echelon team in the big 12 to be completely honest um, I, I I'm just not sold on them at all I want I, I want results on them before I will give them the potential credit that that they feel they deserve that that's just my opinion um i I, i'm not sold on them at all and i i don't know if i ever will be i like i said quinn ewers i am not sold on at all um arch manning i'm not sold on at all um that start coach stark i'm not sold on at all that there's just so many things going on there they they play they host alabama i think they could get throttled in that game and I think if they get throttled in that game, they play, they host UTSA the very next week. And UTSA is very, very good. Right now, they're my favorite to win Conference USA. And, and, and if Texas is looking past them, UTSA will beat Texas. Now, I'm not calling it and saying that's what's going to happen. I'm saying if they look past them, it could happen. So that, that, that definitely is the most overrated team in my opinion. Um, Next question, while breaking while breaking down the 42 teams that I've broken down so far, has any team surprised you, positive or negative? For those who don't know, you should know. Follow the uh, podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. I am going through two teams a day, every day. Um, started about a month ago. I'm, a, I'm just finished team 42 out of 131 today i'm breaking down every team leading up to the season like i said i do two a day um today i did penn state and rutgers so i finished up the big 10 east today um but to answer that question um teams that have surprised me i mean i look at the american and i think the american conference has some very very talented teams east carolina i think has an opportunity to be very very good um, with Holt Naylor's back and just they got they got the, a great running back duo. I mean, there's some really talented guys there, and I think they could have a really really productive year. Um, another team that I'm high on that probably aren't as many are is the South Florida Bulls. Um, I will say South Florida has to win this year and capitalize off of what they're doing because they're going to be building a new on-campus stadium. They got a lot of buzz going around there they have that new on-campus uh practice indoor practice facility so there's a lot of buzz going around the program so they need to win they need to go to a bowl game this year i think that that's one where i'm high on them but they have to produce i think one that i just completed today that i will release tomorrow that i think i'm i'm pretty high on is the university of illinois i i think i think illinois is a quarterback consistent quarterback play away from i'm not going to say they're going to compete in the big 10 west but if they get consistent quarterback play from tommy devito this year to syracuse transfer i think that there's no question they go to a bowl game because their defense is leaps and bounds better than what it's been and chase brown is one of the best running backs in the big 10 if not the best so when I did that break, when I'm going through studying that one, and I'll release the breakdown tomorrow for them, but I, I was really high on them looking at that just because there's so much there. If they, if they can just get the consistent quarterback play from Tommy DeVito this year, I think they're in great shape. Now, I think they really need to find a quarterback for the future. That's, that's the issue that they have. They need to find a, and recruit a quarterback for the future who can – 
who can set them up for years to come. <clears throat> um, as far as disappointments, uh, I, I don't know if I really have a... Uh, I was I was really interested when I was studying Penn State to like really dive into that and like really see that over the past two years they're eleven and eleven and they've been very inconsistent. They almost seem like they're stuck in a rut, and it's it's really intri interesting to me to see the poor offensive line play that they've had because when you think of Penn State, you think of running the ball and how well they do at it and great offensive linemen that have come out of there. <clears throat> so, I mean, for me. That one kind of sticks out a little bit, but it might be a recency bias just because I did that today. But <clears throat> I, I don't think there, I don't think there's really been any teams per se that have like disappointed me. I mean, like I just said in a pre, in the previous talk, uh, in the previous question about Texas, I just don't buy the hype at all. So I guess you could say that as well, going there. But um, I, I. I I try to be as as positive as I can be with these breakdowns um, just uh, to generate talk between the fan base and myself. So that's what I try and do there. But there are definitely some teams that I have become uh, higher on, I guess you could say, than, than I was before. So <clears throat> um, a, a question that I asked to uh, Brendan Moore um, – for his podcast, I, I, I ask I, for the All Out Blitz podcast. He will be recording that tomorrow. But I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about it here as well. I mean, we live in Matt country. He lives in Michigan. I'm from Michigan. I now live in central Illinois. I'm not far from Northern Illinois University. So the Mac is near and dear to my heart. But uh, Buffalo is probably on the way out at some point. <clears throat> I, I personally think them and UMass – are going to try and like form a form an alliance of sorts to possibly join Conference USA. I just think it makes more sense for them to do that, um, and, and and it really seems like Buffalo's on the way out of the MAC anyways. It's been rumored and talked about for a long time. Buffalo's issue is like their just lack of support for facilities aspect, um, but that's a whole nother thing. But what what programs do I do I see as a potential ad? I'm really intrigued to see who what Brendan says um, there um, tomorrow. But I mean, I look at it from the. I mean, we we all know the talk between Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky last year, and that how that kind of fell through and everything. But if I'm looking at who's going to replace Buffalo, I mean, I, I I automatically jump to Youngstown State um, in Ohio. Just because there's so many teams in Ohio already, I think it's just a perfect fit um, to take that spot. You, they, you literally Buffalo just leaves the MAC East and you just add Youngstown State. I think it just makes perfect sense. Um, one team in my neck of the woods, I and I've said this before, is Illinois State. They just don't have as much financial support, so that's what I question um, for them. Is if uh, their athletic boosters and department would be willing to foot the bill for what would be needed for that so that but i think youngstown state just makes way too much sense um in in the future so the, the, some great questions there that uh from from a handful of people so i'm ex i was excited to talk about that a little bit so now i'm gonna go in and talk talk a little bit about the 
UConn to ACC talk. Now, if you haven't listened to my episode with Cam Chadwick, um, please give that a listen, first of all. Um, some really, really good insight onto into the uh, uh, recruiting that UConn is doing and just how, how much better and how much more involved that staff is and what they're doing. Um, but the day... The day that I did that interview, um, some reports came out that UConn had, and Coach Mora had been kind of selling on selling recruits on the fact that they want to move, that the goal is to move to the ACC. I asked Cam that exact question, and he confirmed those reports to me, saying, yes, UConn is telling recruits the goal is to go to the ACC. Now, I... I I've been screaming that from the rooftops for for months now. Um, So I've been trying to lead the charge on that. And there's been a lot of people that agree with it. And, of course, there's a lot of people that don't as well. I mean, UConn has a very um, bad persona out in the college football world for fans that aren't UConn fans. And that's because of Randy Etzel running that program into the ground. But Jim Moore and his staff have changed that completely. And people are going to see that this year um, with the UConn Huskies, and they're just going to be a completely different team. But at the same time, I mean, I think it just makes way too much sense for UConn to join the ACC. Like from a football perspective, if they can just compete, I mean, the fan base at UConn is tremendous. I I love all those people tremendously. Um, But if you look at it from other sports, I mean, men's, women's basketball, baseball, softball, you can go down the line um just so many different sports where they would not only compete but excel so i mean it just and you add in the fact that you have the geographical rivalries again with syracuse and boston college and then they've played miami in the past they've played virginia tech in the past i mean there's so many things going on there now you don't know who's going to leave the acc and what what it would turn into but i just think there's way too much uh, to be made uh, from the UConn perspective. Um, and just with the, with those rumors going around, I mean, I was able to confirm them um, myself. So, I mean, there's definitely something to it. So um, now let's go into uh, uh, UConn's rival in football, UMass, landing four-star recruit Tristan Sion. Um just this past week, just a tremendous get for them. Four-star defensive back commitment from uh, from Florida. Just, I mean, the fact that 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 this happened is just unbelievable, and it led to his high school teammate, a three-star wide receiver, committing today or yesterday, whatever, whichever it was. So, I mean, this is Don Brown is doing something special at UMass and it needs to be needs to be uh talked about so I mean I just had to discuss that just briefly but I mean just an amazing job by him and Tristan Sion when he released his commitment kind of trolled LSU in his commitment which which was pretty I mean he first put the LSU logo up there and then changed it to UMass and it was uh shocking to say the least but just a huge deal for the UMass Minutemen just what that's going to lead to um, talk briefly now about uh, Grayson McCall for Heisman um, you guys are going to hear 
me talking about that a lot from now until the end of the season. Um, Grayson McCall and his uh, and his people released uh, uh, on Saturday um, some uh, different information for him. The real McCall.com. You can go to that and just kind of look at that a little bit. But it, it, this is his opportunity to kind of promote himself and uh, what he's done while he's been at Coastal Carolina is nothing short of fantastic. Um, the guy, the young man, first off, is an amazing human being. I've heard so many great stories of just him as a human being and just like him being making sure he's the last one off the bus every time to just uh, always be there for for his teammates and everything, just making sure he's the last one and that uh, nobody's left behind. But just to like look at his rise as a player, I mean, he was the 187th ranked player in his class of 2019 quarterbacks. And now he's passed for over 5,000 career passing yards, 54 touchdowns. I mean, he's the FBS single season record holder for passing efficiency from last season. I mean, there's just what he's turned into is uh, nothing short of amazing. Um, just like I said, he's an even better person. So, I mean, I'm pushing for him um, for the Heisman Trophy, and I will continue to do so. And that y you will hear me screaming that from the rooftops as much as you hear me screaming about UConn football. So that get ready to hear that. Um, now, now I want to talk a little bit about the Pac-12 possibly capping off at 16 teams. Um, just really interesting uh, information that was kind of I've. For those of you who don't know, I've now I'm now working with and for Sidelines uh, Sports Network for the college football content on there. Um, just a huge opportunity for me to continue to get my name out there and work with a great group of people um, but sideline sports network has kind of gained some insight into the pac-12 potentially finding a way to keep um, some of their teams the meaning the main six of cal stanford utah colorado oregon and washington and along with arizona and arizona state finding a way to keep them and so this, so this uh, aspect has them keeping Washington, Oregon, Washington State, Oregon State, obviously. Then they still have Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Cal and Stanford. So this would involve them adding, grabbing the best available mix of geographic fits and brand names, including academics, um, that could solve some of their woes in the short term. Um, and this involves them adding Boise State, which I think just makes sense from a football perspective, what Boise State has done. They deserve it. Um, they deserve that opportunity. And then I think they need to get the Southern California market because, I mean, obviously you're losing UCLA and USC. I think the best way for them to do that is to get Fresno State and San Diego State. I think that's the only logical way for them to go about that. I mean, Fresno State over the past 20, 25 years has proven that they belong. Um, and San Diego State is investing um, into a brand new stadium, doing everything they need to do from that aspect. And then I think 
I think I agree with Sideline Sports Network here with the opportunity to add the likes of SMU and Rice. Now, obviously, Rice, from the perspective of their athletic department, doesn't really doesn't really belong from that perspective but when you add the academics and everything and you you're able to and then add houston texas and then smu being in dallas if you're able to add the dallas and houston markets i think that is huge for for that conference if they're able to do that um and then i think from the basketball perspective um they can add gonzaga i think that i think adding that is huge i think they deserve it um then i think um adding hawaii as a football only member would be fantastic too um or you could just add them in general uh, for everything i i think i think hawaii now releasing that they're going to be building that uh new stadium <coughs> putting in the money um is going to be huge um, so I think it's going to be, I think that's a huge thing potentially for them. Originally, I was thinking UNLV, um, just to have the Las Vegas market, but I, I'm starting to think, and I know, uh, my colleagues at sideline sports kind of agree with this, that the PAC 12 already kind of has the, the Las Vegas market on, uh, uh, kind of locked up because I mean they host the basketball tournament there. I mean that, that all their all their teams and markets are kind of. I mean they don't have a team in the state of Nevada, but they have all the surrounding states. So I think they, I think that the Pac-12 might feel, hey, we already have that market kind of locked up. Um, so the, the, I, I mean I could also see them adding UNLV too. Like I, I think it would make sense because you you add Las Vegas. But I do think that there's something to the fact that, that that conference kind of already has Las Vegas locked up because of all the other teams around it. That's just kind of my thoughts there. So now to conclude the show, I, I have to take a little bit of time to talk about Michigan losing out on five-star quarterback Dante Moore, who is, a uh, like I said, a five-star high school quarterback from Detroit Martin Luther King High School. Um, Jim Harbaugh loses out again on another big-time quarterback. And this is a quarterback who he offered when this young man was in seventh grade. So this is somebody Jim Harbaugh has been after for six years now, five or six years now. And to lose out again on another big-time quarterback, um, obviously I grew up being – those who know I grew up – a big-time Michigan fan. I, I grew up going to Michigan games all the time, uh, living in that area and everything. And I've talked to a number of Michigan fans about this topic. And a lot of Michigan fans are growing very, very weary of Coach Harbaugh. And everybody who listens to my show knows that I've never been a fan of Coach Harbaugh. And I don't know if I, I don't think I ever can be a fan of his just because of how arrogant and egotistical he is. Um, but... It, it, it continues to blow my mind that he is never able to get a big-time quarterback. Now, I say that, and J.J. McCarthy is on the roster, and I think J.J. McCarthy is a very, very talented quarterback, and he's obviously the highest-ranked quarterback that Jim Harbaugh has gotten. Um, and I think I think J.J., uh, for his sake, I don't want to put this pressure on him, but for Coach Harbaugh's sake, J.J. has to pan out and be a 
be a great quarterback. Um, and unfortunately for for his sake, the pressure is on. But what does that lead to? Does that then lead to Jim Harbaugh making the change at quarterback from Cade McNamara to J.J. McCarthy? Because Jim Harbaugh may believe, hey, I, J.J. has to pan out, so he's got to do it. He's got to be the guy to save my to save my job. Because Michigan fans are getting very, very weary of what's going on here. They're, they're sick of – and it's sad because this program is coming off of – a Big Ten championship. They just beat Ohio State. They go win the Big Ten championship. And then they go to the college football playoff. So they're coming off of an extremely high season that they haven't had in many, many years. But then you're continuously losing out on these big-time recruits, on the big-time quarterback recruits, especially one in your own backyard. I, I think it, it, it could lead to the demise of – Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan, and you you won't see a a uh, upset fan here if you're asking me. Well, that's going to be the end of the show, guys. I really really appreciate everybody who tunes in frequently. Um, like I said before, I'm breaking down every team in college football uh, on the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Please give that a follow. As always, uh, you feel free to personally follow me at Coach underscore B Will. Uh, please follow, uh, subscribe to everything you need, everything for the podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. Please give it a like, follow, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Um, really, really appreciate it. Also have uh, the podcast store. Um, you can, you can uh, look at that from my bio on the Twitter account. I'm going to be adding some new things to that store very soon, so uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, as always, uh, feel free to reach out to me with any questions, want to talk, debate, whatever. I'm going to be on a couple of uh, podcasts, other podcasts, very, very soon. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun um, talking about UConn um, and some things going on there. And then just talking about the whole college football landscape, too. So really excited about that. But uh, as always, guys, thank you uh, for continuing to tune in and supporting me. Have a good night. God bless.